Pastor's Heart and Dominic Steele. And thanks for joining us today. A special edition. We're live on Facebook this Friday afternoon and taking your questions on the future of singing in church. My guests are Dr. Charlotte Hesp. Uh, she's a general practitioner. She's on the Council of the Royal Australian College of General Practitioners and on the med faculty at Notre Dame University. Rob Smith is with us, a legend in Christian songwriting going back over 30 years and a lecturer at Sydney Missionary and Bible College and uh, the music director for uh, Church by the Bridge in St Augustine's Neutral Bay, Curtis Smith. Um, before we come to them, I'd love you to help us out with the pastor's heart and we need your support. Uh, there's a little team that put this together and we're not quite covering our costs and if you're able to help us out at, I don't know, 5 or $10 a month, then that'd be great. You could go to www patreon.com slash the pastor's heart and uh, we'd like you to do that we need you to do that and uh, and actually also if you're able to share us on social media that'd be a help to let friends know about this ministry now great news in australia 11 cases the last 24 hours six the 24 hours before that nine the 24 hours before that four 13 15 it's going well and great excitement among the christian community as we had announced yesterday in New South Wales of 50 gatherings. But then, Curtis Smith, let's start with you. What happened with your heart when you heard the news, 50 allowed in a gathering, but no singing in church for the foreseeable future? <laughs> let's hear your pastor's heart. Uh, yeah, well, I guess I look back on what it felt like the first week we had church online. It, it was such a rush to get any, any kind of church service together, but... Uh, that first Sunday, I was just at home with my wife and our two kids, and um, I guess the feeling still remains. Uh, that that moment, we started crying. We started crying at home because uh, we weren't with our brothers and sisters singing together. And that moment of crying came when the song began and when the lyrics started to um, to be sung. And so, uh, yeah, it's hard to it's hard to know what church looks like without it being uh, a people who sing. That, that's I mean that's. Uh, the first thing that God's people did as they came out of Exodus was they sung a song of praise. That's, that's who we are. That's what we do. It's so much of a thing that God has given us. It's such a gift that he's given us. And so it, uh, I can't imagine it. I think that's the best way of saying it. I can't imagine what church looks like without singing. Mm. Well, let's go to you, Charlotte. And um, uh, what's the rationale behind no singing in church? <laughs> what's the rationale? Great question. So the whole thing goes to the, what we call the epidemiology of this virus transmission. So COVID-19 is primarily spread through what we call droplet transmission, which means that it comes from the sort of the droplets that come out of our mouth and out of our nose, the, the sort of it's in the fluid and it then can spread to a surface or somebody else's face or someone else's hands and then that then enters us through the orifice of your mouth or your nose or your eyes mm -hmm. okay so it it really likes the the droplet spread to do it it's not so much of an aerosol spread now the difference between aerosol is when it's just the virus in the air okay but we know it can spread a little bit through aerosols and we know that because in hospitals when doctors are doing um, procedures with noses and mouths, they're at higher risk of getting it during those particular procedures. Is that why dentists were one of the first to shut down? Yeah, so dentists are much more in, in line for being able to, and ear, nose and throat specialists mm -hmm. for instance. 
Um, so going back to that sort of droplet thing, we know that when we speak, we actually do a sort of a spray mm -hmm. of droplets that we often can't see. Mm -hmm. um, and Which is, I guess, the reason for the 1.5 metres. Yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. Or the, Well, the 1.5 metres is more to capture a sneeze or a cough, mm -hmm. so that when someone who's actually got active infection, we look at how far they're likely to spread if that sneeze or cough isn't caught. Mm -hmm. So again, that goes to why it's so important to mm. cover, you know, in some way. So that's the science between, behind the 1.5 metres. But interestingly, when you sing, you actually have a greater ability to spread those droplets further, which of course makes sense because we, mm -hmm. we know that we actually have to um, Roar do it out. more. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Yeah. But I'll go to one even more interesting fact is that there are people that we call super spreaders. Now, they're super spreaders because for some reason they project their droplets even further than most people. So they're the people we should ban from church. Well, well it's very interesting because if you look at, there are certain um, there clusters a with a super, super spreader. spreader. Well, um, there's some really interesting research out there looking at these super spreaders and they spread 10 times more droplets and further than a, uh, than a standard person. Right. And they tend to be louder in the way that they speak so they tend to be sort of not shouters but loud mm -hmm. loud speakers but yes i don't know how otherwise you pick them up mm -hmm. but singing is about six times the normal sort of volume of droplets that you do um and coughing and sneezing is probably about four to six times mm. so that's why singing is is pretty good at spreading mm. and there are two good examples around the world where the singing in churches has been associated with increased infection rates so one was in Washington where there was a choir practice it was right at that point of the COVID infection and the curve curve going up, up yep. yeah where people were aware that they needed to do things um, more cautiously so in fact this choir knew that they had to do certain precautions, so nobody went who had any symptoms. They sat not close mm -hmm. to each other, but they were in rows where there were people behind each other. And of the people that attended that choir, 75% got came down with a COVID infection after the choir practice, starting three days after the choir met. Mm. Okay, mm. so that's point one about the singing. Point two was a church in Germany that pretty much had the same infection rate. Mm. So it sort of looked like a fairly big Pentecostal church. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And there were extraordinarily high rates of sort of passing on that infection. So we know singing mm. is associated with an increased risk of transmission if you've got someone there who is infected with COVID. So Rob, let's bring you in here because we've had a question do Christians need to sing in church? I mean, is it an absolute... The question is from David Seckham on Facebook. Is it an absolute requirement or necessity? The New Testament certainly urges it. Ephesians 5... Actually, Rob's just got this new book, Come Let Us Sing, yeah. <laughs> just published today. The, the answer's all in there, yeah. <laughs> and, and your book, you've got a book called Come Let Us Sing, and we've got a government that says don't sing. <laughs> the, the book's come out a little early. Uh, but uh, anyway... Um, well, the Bible is full of commands to sing. I mean, no question about that. Not, not just descriptions of God's people singing, but actually commands mm -hmm. to sing. Um, now, the weight and the freight of those commands, I guess you need to 
consider those contextually. Often it's simply encouragements for God's people to do what we want to do. Uh, and the exhortations likewise in the New Testament are in a sense just urging us forward in the direction that most of us are already mm. moving. Um, but yeah, the, yeah I, I don't think we want to back away from the sort of imperatival nature of, mm. of, of yeah, these kinds of texts and, well, well, and well, let me push you. If I mean, I think at this stage it's just a recommendation, a strong recommendation sure. from the health department. But just sure. imagine it was a directive from the government saying, "Don't sing." Yeah. If the government told me, "Don't trust the Lord Jesus in my heart," yeah, I'd I'd say no to the government, yes to the scriptures. Sure. You know, is this one of those cases? Well, uh, no, not necessarily. Um, it partly depends on what's being asked and why it's being asked. Mm -hmm. um, as I understand it, the, the total and only motivation behind any of these directives is ensuring safety. Mm -hmm. And as Christians, we want to affirm that 110%. That's, that, you know, God wants us to love our neighbours in the best possible way, and that means protecting and preserving their lives. And if that means refraining from singing in certain contexts for a certain time, however long that time proves to be, then uh, I think that is really the priority um, so, yeah, th there are all kinds of things Scripture calls us to do, but we can't always do them all the time. And there may be certain reasons why we can't do some very important things for a certain amount of time. And this, I think, would be one of those mm. instances, tragically, mm. because it will impoverish us not to sing. Mm. There's no question about that. And, Charlotte, it sounds to me like if the evidence comes down saying what you're saying... It could be quite a long time before we're singing again in church. Is that your read of the situation? Okay, so yes, if you're looking at that in terms of that singing increases your ability to spread your droplets. Mm -hmm. So let's look at ways that we cannot spread our droplets. Well, mm -hmm. one is obviously the things that we've been doing, which is isolation and quarantine. So you can sing at home. Yeah. You can sing at home. Mm -hmm. um, understanding your little social bubble, as I call it, that you, if you sing in your home, those that you sing with are hopefully your, need to be your social bubble that you've agreed that you are likely to share mm -hmm. a COVID infection if that was the case. Mm -hmm. um, so you need to make sure that when you mm -hmm. sing in your house, you're with your social bubble <laughs> and not other people as well. Um, but there is a role for using masks. Now, I say it tentatively because there is no evidence there yet about it. But we do know that face masks are good at stopping spread. Mm -hmm. okay? There's a lot of argument and, and discussion about the use of face masks, and mm -hmm. certainly in Australia where we haven't advocated for them at all. Mm. And the reason we haven't advocated for them at all is because they aren't good at stopping you getting infected. Mm -hmm. They are good, though, at stopping you infecting someone else. Which actually fall, falls into play with other person-centredness. Mm. Sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Curtis, Rob, you want to... Yeah. Mm. Rob. Well, yeah. if that... I mean, that, that, when I heard this directive, I, I thought, what about face masks? That was the mm -hmm. very first thought mm -hmm. that came to mind. Wouldn't that solve the problem or at least reduce the problem? And so I guess we'll, we'll await guidance in answer to that. Mm. I mean, Curtis, you're a... You're quite a way away. I mean, you've got a big church and a mm. small building, so you're a long way away from public meetings at the moment. Mm. But um, uh, could you see the Church by the Bridge crew singing in face masks? Uh, 
I mean, so much of the joy of, of the Saints is, is smiling not just at her, each but it's, seen, it's seen on their faces, you know, and uh, I mean, that, that's what I so dearly miss as well. Um, but uh, look, I've seen clever, clever face masks where it's transparent. You can see people's faces, so maybe that's a solution. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. Well, you know, you could put a challenge out, couldn't you, about actually, because I think this is a role where cloth masks are fine. You don't need um, a disposable mask. You could do one that, again, you can have an education program with your church about mm. how you use them because that's really important too, um, that then get washed in between time. But you can have some fun with some yeah. fun fabrics yeah. or, you know, ideas about so trying to make it something that actually helps the socialisation. But I'm just, just going to get my hand, head around this. If we're going to go to stage three at some stage and then stage three limits on 100 will last for a while and then there'll be a bigger gathering limit, I think I'm hearing you say it's quite possible that that um, uh, no seeing could last well into stage four or five. So we're all going to have to think about this. Yeah, Absolutely. Because remember, even though you're increasing the, the, the number of people together, you're still needing to be able to think about the social distancing. Mm -hmm. So we're still going to be confined by what spaces we have and the numbers of people. Mm. And we still have to be very mindful about how we move in and out of those venues and how we mix all the evidence that I've seen about even say health people, healthcare workers getting infected. Do you know where they get infected? They get infected in their tea rooms. Mm. They get infected at their meetings. It's the so- socialising mm. where we're far more likely Where I to make sleep. you a cup of tea and, yep. and you yep. get my germs when I pass you the coffee yep. cup and it's kind of... Which yeah. again goes back to that real heart of how difficult this whole thing has been. Because mm. I'm with you, Curtis. For me, church is so much about singing. Mm. I know that's what I love about going to church is just standing up and belting out Um, God's word in song and it does so much for my heart and my soul and that's that's really hard. Do you know what's funny is I used to be awful singing at home by myself, really quiet, but you know I can belt it out again now, I just don't care about Those neighbours in Glebe there (laughs) (laughs) they're hearing you go, thine be the glory (laughs) Um, We've got a question, what about singing outside? I mean there are some churches with big car parks, do you know what if they go outside and do it? What's the attitude to that um okay so again it's about the space in the car Mm -hmm. park you've got to think about your turbulence and your wind flows and where the air is going to travel with with where you're actually spreading your droplets so it might sound simple and straightforward but it may still be quite complicated Mm -hmm. right Mm. um rob as you've started to think about how to put all this into practice um What's your some of what's your kind of advice to me and others as we start to talk it through with our churches? Well, obviously the future's a little un- unclear, or the, the clear bit is for the moment no singing. Mm-hmm. But again, if we if if singing with masks on is is an acceptable way forward, then that's a way forward. Mm. Um, and so that that's my my hope is we'll get a green light on that at some mm. point. Mm. Um, but I do think it's a, it, this whole season, I think, has given us an opportunity to realise what we're missing when we can't do the things that we normally do mm. and are called by God to do and mm. designed by God to do, you know, to actually you know, meet each other, to greet each other, to hug each other, to mm. greet one another with a holy kiss. You know, mm. or, or that's, this is all part of being human, it's part of being Christian. 
and yet we can't do some of these things for good reason. Mm. You know, it, this is you know, in ethics where you just have these clashes of, of competing goods and there's clearly here a greater good which is that of, of safety and preserving life that needs to override these lesser goods that we're just going to have to put on pause. So, mm. But there is a need I think to, to, to appreciate what it is we're missing out on um, not to send us into despair about that, but, but in the hope that when we are freer to re-engage with these other elements of Christian meeting and gathering and Christian living, that uh, we will well, cherish them all the more mm. and, uh, and really give ourselves to them as we perhaps always should have. Mm. I think for, for many of us, uh, perhaps when we first went into lockdown and, and um, those of us who do love singing at church, um, yeah, that's something we really, re- we really miss. And when we thought of church reopening, it was, it was something we were like, oh, we'll, we'll be able to sing again. <laughs> and now mm. it's almost like uh, we went through that initial grief uh, yep. and that loss, and now we almost have to go through it again. You mm. know, if, we're going, if our churches are going to be choosing to be gathering uh, with, with the physical capacity and not singing, yeah. um, there's going to be another grief there, and, and that's going to be really interesting to see how it plays out. Could you just, oh, sorry. No, I was just going to say, it's sort of, I, I look at it as an opportunity to be able to look at other ways to bring us joy in being mm. together. Mm. Um, I'm, I'm always one of those people who tries to look on the positive because <laughs> I'm, I'm going to so much grieve the no singing, but it's like, okay, so how can we meet mm-hmm. um, in that size and still yeah. feel that we come away with that sense of worship together mm-hmm. in a way yes. that, yeah. pleases God and um, and nourishes each other. Mm. Well, well, Curtis, when I rang you this morning, you just off the phone from James West, the music mm. director at St Thomas's North Sydney, and you guys had been brainstorming options. What, <laughs> what kind of things have you been thinking about? Uh, well, I mean, the, the thought was, yeah, leaning into the, the freedom that we do have in our homes mm-hmm. and, and helping people and equipping them to be able to sing in the homes as well as possible and potentially with, even within connect groups or home groups. Um, but, but even that, still we're talking about there will still be people who feel uncomfortable and unsafe um, going to meet in particular homes. And as you're talking about that social bubble, um, yeah, people do need to be wise. And so we're still... I mean, still the, the principle, I guess, still applies, whether it's a group of 10 in your home or 10 in a room, mm. and, and although it's a smaller group, so, yeah. Well, again, though, that does, you know, raise that whole thing about just being wise about how you put mm. yourselves in mm. that space together. Mm. Um, unfortunately, we've got all of those things, but you have to negotiate that, mm. what that mm. means to be worshipping together in that yeah. group. And to be, to be honest, we didn't come up with much. You know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, uh, if you look through, through the scriptures, what, what Jesus teaches us, so mm. many of them uh, are going to be breaking the rules. That's <laughs> mm. <laughs> the singing, the breaking of bread, the, you know, yeah, the holy kissing, you know, all these things that we, that we cannot do. And so I think... It is, uh, it's going through my mind all of today, and I haven't got any amazing creative solutions yet, but I think, I think it will force us to be creative. My, my few thoughts uh, go along these lines. And one of the things I've really pushed hard in my book is that, uh, that whilst I think there's a place for performance music in church, most of the, you know, the lion's share of our music ought to be congregational mm-hmm. music, right? Um, but... This just may be a season where we actually, well, no, it's, it is only the performance music. I have music. to listen to you singing yeah. and I kind of hum along. Yeah, yeah and yeah, we can, there are obviously different ways of singing the word to each other. One person can sing it to the many or, you know, people can sing antiphonally or we can all sing together. 
Now, I think the all singing together is the ideal, but if we can't have that, then we go to the next best thing. And if that does mean performance, that we listen to someone else sing the word to us, yeah, and we hum along, as it were, join in in our hearts, uh, then that's that's good. The, the other thing that's thought, I guess I've been toying with today, or at least just musing over today, is the need for pastors really to, to teach their people about the importance of singing, what, what it does for us personally yeah. uh, in terms of integrating uh, truth and emotion. Yeah. And, uh, and therefore there is a, it's actually very healthy for us to be singing as Christians. If we can't do it together, you can do it alone. But, but you're right, we've got, I mean, across the society there's mental health problems going through the roof yeah. and here's one little way that, yeah. well, apart from praising God, there's a horizontal thing going on. Keep, keep going on that, Rob. Yeah, well, uh, I guess in terms of opportunity, you, know, you, can, you can sing in your home, you can sing in your car, you can sing with your family. Um, so th- there's still avenues of singing and a need for us to sing and to sing the praises of God in whatever ways are possible. Um, but, yeah, singing integrates us personally as well as unites us corporately, and it's the uniting us corporately bit that we obviously can't enjoy and, and experience at the moment, but the integrating us personally bit, we still can. Mm. And it's important. You make me feel like when we come back together, people are going to be fairly nervous and doing the what you've just described, sitting, listening, humming along. But then as we go for a few weeks we're probably all going to start thinking about masks. That's, that's the kind of sense that I'm getting from this discussion. Do, do you agree, disagree with that? Well, what I'm hopeful is that there'll be able to be some sort of research looking at what evidence there, there is, is. Yeah. around the, the safe use of masks for exactly what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. And then, obviously, it's about people deciding that they're comfortable with wearing yeah. a mask mm-hmm. um, and being able to sort of then take mm. that forward. But mm. certainly if you're looking at a long-term no-sing, then it's really worth trying to get out something to find out what masks do in terms of helping mm. um, devolve the problem. Mm. Yeah. Charlotte, can I ask you a slightly different question? I'm In our church, as I think in most churches at the moment, we're trying to plan what to do next. And it's hard to plan what to do next when you don't know what the government's going to say next. Um, and if you had a slight sense of how long we'll be in stage three, whether it's likely to be a year, whether it's likely to be six months, whether it's likely to be a month, it would be much easier to work out what to do when we get to stage three. Do you have anything in your crystal ball? <laughs> <laughs> Look, from a health perspective, all I can tell you is that we're in it for the long haul. We've done such a good job in Australia, and I'd like to publicly put it out there that I think that both are, the advice that we've been having, both at a national and state level, from our health advisors has been fantastic. Mm. And people have, by and large, done an amazing job mm. in what's been really very challenging. So we're now in this sort of difficult position because we've done so well that we now are asking people to continue to do a lot of those measures Mm. but start sort of mixing again on the understanding that we're going to have some community outbreaks of infection. Mm. So really it's those community outbreaks of infection as we go down the track that are going to dictate 
those questions that you're asking. Mm -hmm. Because if we can continue to stomp on them so well, and that's where, again, I'll just congratulate New South Wales Health Public Health Unit. They've been mm. doing such a great job at chasing up where the infections are from and everybody so that you can sort of keep it very contained. Mm. If we can continue to do that, then we'll be able to move faster and faster into those other mm -hmm. sort of the, the stages because we'll be able to trust that everybody can clamp back up and down and, and keep doing that. In the meantime, we're obviously just waiting in anticipation for a safe and efficacious vaccine mm. that actually then allows us to get that thing that everybody's talking about, the herd immunity, which means then certainly our vulnerable people can move more safely back into society too. Mm. Charlotte, Rob, Curtis, thanks very much for coming in this afternoon. It's a pleasure. Thanks. My guests on The Pastor's Heart, Charlotte Hess, Rob Smith and Curtis Smith. And this has been a special edition of this program. We'll be back at two o'clock next Tuesday afternoon. Hey, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, we would love it if you could hop over to the Apple Podcasts app and give us a rating and review. That helps us in the rankings and lets other people discover the pastor's heart. And again, if you are able to help us out by being a financial partner, go to our Patreon link, patreon.com slash the pastor's heart.